every book, every volume you see here, has a soul. The soul of the person who wrote it, and of those who read it, and lived and dreamed with it. Every time a book changes hands, every time someone runs his eyes down its pages, its spirit grows and strengthens. Carlos Ruiz Safan, The Shadow of the Wind. Typewriter, a podcast about writing and the writing life. I'm Paul, and hope all of you are staying well and staying inside as this coronavirus continues to rage across America. It's a good time for Camp NaNoWriMo because we can all just stay inside and write. Hopefully things will be better on the other side, as long as we do the things we need to do. In any case... Today, I'm going to be sharing an episode that I did on my Bookish podcast. If you're not listening to Bookish, I hope you'll check it out. And it was about the passing of Carlos Ruiz Zafon, author of The Shadow of the Wind. If you listen to this podcast regularly, or if you listen to Bookish, you know how I felt about Zafon. And when he passed on June 19th, just under a month ago, I did a couple episodes reflecting on both his life and also on his impact on me. As writers, other writers always impact us. And he had a, an impact that was probably only surpassed by Hemingway. So I hope you'll check it out. And I hope you'll check him out. Because every book has a soul. And the ones that he wrote had a lot of soul. hard stretch for many of us for any number of reasons from the ongoing COVID pandemic to unemployment to political protests to the simple difficulties of everyday life it was made even harder by the death last week of Carlos Ruiz Safan author of the Cemetery of Forgotten Books series most notably book one The Shadow of the Wind I did a brief episode about Zafan on the day he died you can go back and listen to it if you haven't came out on June 19th. But for this ramble, I want to talk more about him and the way he impacted my life in several ways, even though we never met. It happens that way with authors and their books. Like most people in the English-speaking world, my first exposure to Carlos Ruiz Zafon came around 15 years ago when The Shadow of the Wind was first published in English. If you're a book lover, it has everything. A mysterious author attempting to destroy every last copy of his published works. A hidden library of unfathomable proportions where books are rescued and preserved for just the right reader to find. Barcelona in the 1940s and 1950s. Even a little, but not too much, romance. And of course, Fermín Romero de Torres, one of the greatest characters ever created. I read the last 300 pages or so in one long overnight marathon. It's that kind of book. 
and thus began my ongoing relationship with the shadow of the wind and through it Zafon that endures to the present day. Let me give you just a few brief examples, some of which I've probably mentioned before in other episodes, of how the book wove its way into my life as a reader, a collector, a bookseller, and even a writer. I pretty much already explained the impact of the book on me as a reader, but it goes beyond that overnight reading marathon years ago. Along with Somerset Mom's The Razor's Edge, Hemingway's Immovable Feast, and Helene Hamp's 84 Charing Cross Road, Zafon's The Shadow of the Wind is one of those books I reread nearly every year. It's like meeting with an old friend from college, just to catch up. Like the others I mentioned, every time I read it I get something new from the book. And there's the added benefit of the audiobook version, which has carried me through countless hours of gridlock traffic and preserved what little sanity I have left. It's one of my desert island books, and should be one of yours too. As a collector, the book has given me the thing book collectors treasure even more than their actual collections. The thrill of the hunt and the awesome surprise of an unexpected find. My greatest moment as a collector came one day in Larry McMurtry's booked up bookstore in Archer City, Texas. Buried in the books and translation section of Building 3, not in the usual literature or mystery sections, I discovered a pristine signed first edition of The Shadow of the Wind priced at $40. They clearly hadn't looked at it for years because at the time a signed first went for $150 or more. I snapped it up and in true bookseller fashion, which always competes with my collector side, sold it a few days later. The hunt for its replacement continues quite happily. I also have an advanced reader's copy of The Shadow of the Wind that I will never sell, as it's the closest thing to the original manuscript you're ever going to find. As a bookseller, Zafon and his greatest creation loomed large over my too brief ownership of the Last Word bookstore. It was the book I most often put in people's hands, and despite my well-known love of Hemingway, it outsold any other book in the store by a margin of at least five to one. It also remains, in a small but important way, a part of the building the store was housed in, even though it's had other tenants since we closed. The fact that I can say tenants, plural, could very well indicate that it wasn't a prime retail location, but that's another story. When we were doing the build-out prior to opening, I took a permanent marker and wrote perhaps Zafon's most enduring line from the shadow of the wind. Every book has a soul on every wall in the place. I then put four coats of paint over it. I spoke to the owner of the business that moved in after me, ironically a former bookseller from California, and he said he had simply come in and put two more coats of paint on the walls over mine which means that unless future owners strip the paint down to the sheetrock, Zafon's words will preside over that space, hidden like the cemetery of forgotten books, forever. I like that. Finally, a brief word about Zafon and the novel's impact on me as a writer. Put simply, I continue to try to write my shadow of the wind, my novel, that will have everything a book lover could want and that will lead my obituary as Shadow of the Wind did his. 
as fond as I am and as proud as I am of my Last Word series. I know none of those three books are worthy to be mentioned in the same sentence as The Shadow of the Wind. See, even here I pause so as to not put them in the same sentence. As with the book collecting, the writing quest continues. Now typically I give a book recommendation at the end of each ramble. For this ramble, I actually want to recommend the eight books that make up Zafon's complete works. The first four fall under the young adult genre, though they're great reads for adults as well, and were written before The Shadow of the Wind. They are The Prince of Mist, The Midnight Palace, Watcher in the Shadows, and Marina. Marina is the perfect segue into the Cemetery of Forgotten Books series. The books of the Cemetery of Forgotten Books series, which Zafon always intended to be four volumes, are The Shadow of the Wind, The Angel's Game, The Prisoner of Heaven, and The Labyrinth of the Spirits. Personally, and I know it's a minority opinion, but I love The Angel's Game almost as much as The Shadow of the Wind. As for the final volume, The Labyrinth of the Spirits, I have to confess that I stopped reading it halfway through, and now read a chapter or so every so often. This is not because it's not good, it's outstanding. It's actually because even before Zafon's death, it was clear that this would be the final book of the amazing world that he had created, and I just don't want it to end. Even more so now with his passing, and the fact that there will be no new books from him at all, I'm determined to linger over his final words as long as possible. Maybe that's nuts, but I think many of you understand. Stay safe, everybody. Keep reading. And remember that every book has a soul. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Angry Typewriter. I hope it's been both informative and entertaining, especially for you writers out there. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I hope you'd also consider clicking on the support this podcast link on the Anchor site. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep these episodes coming, and it will also go a long way making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.